Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And uh, we've just come back from seeing the high frame rate version in 3D, 3D plus they're calling it, of Gemini Man. Yes. There are actually two high frame rate versions of this. There's um, 60 frames per second, which is Uh what we saw, which is up from your traditional film frame rate of 24 frames per second. And there's also 120 frames per second, uh, which is five times normal film, right. but, but there seems to be very few places showing that. So, we've seen 60 frames per second. Okay. Uh, and the the version of The Hobbit... Uh, the the you... Hobbit that came out a few years ago was, I think, 48. So, double normal film. Okay. So, this is even a higher frame rate than The Hobbit. Correct. I believe so, okay. yes. Because I thought that looked awful. So, um, you know, and this looks much better, actually. I think this makes a much better case yeah. for high frame rate... Uh, I'm, so at the start, I mean, neither neither of us went into this film with high expectations. No, at all. But also, I had no knowledge of it at all. So neither high nor low, particularly. Well, you'd seen enough of the trailers to know it was Will Smith versus Will Smith. I had. I don't remember. No. No. Every time the trailers come on in the past few weeks, I've gone. That looks cool. Um, <laughs> it's been my duty. Right. Okay. Well, I, I'm sorry. I haven't been paying attention to you. Fair enough. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh-huh. the, the idea is old Will Smith well old what, what he is now 50-ish yes versus young Will Smith Fresh Prince era has been brought back digitally and crucially this isn't uh, at least if Will Smith's appearance on the late show with Stephen Colbert the other day uh-huh. is to be believed this is not de-aging uh-huh. as in the Marvel movies uh, I think Scorsese's new movie is doing de-aging where you take a real performance and you uh uh well, de-aged in the computer. This is CGI character entirely from the ground up, so it is more akin to like an alien character or a robot or something. Yes. This is a human creation in CGI. That's the younger version. That's the yes, yeah, not the old one. The so old one they filmed. It's not for even it. an actor playing well, the I, body, or um, I, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine this has not been completely invented, as in yeah. the the facial performance is based on capture from Will Smith. I'm sure, yes. but it's not him having been filmed and then. Uh, de-aged out. It yeah, is whatever it was. It was a mistake. I thought it was great. I hated it. Go on. Um, well, several things actually. I uh, I hated Will Smith as well, you know, and I love him, but there was something odd about his face. Yeah, it's like uh, his face was was too plump, uh, and also kind of vacant, uh, and and he's charmless. And actually, Will Smith charmless is dull Will Smith. There's nothing else going on, Mm. right? So, you know, and this, you know, I don't know if it's the direction or the character, but, you know, Will Smith is the the most charming man alive and he's not here, really. So, So I think there's a big blank in the middle of this film that comes from his performance. uh, uh, His performance and a script that doesn't give him fun things to say. I know, but the thing about stars like Will Smith is you know, they often exceed or make up for, you know, poor scripts because they have, they, you know, they have this charisma. Uh, And that's not evident in this film. Uh, uh, And, and, you know, I I was paying attention because, uh, you know, I did notice it and I asked that question. I mean, you know, how come he's so charmless in this? And then you notice that actually without the charm, there's no depth, there's no layers, there's nothing in the performance. Like, yeah, he's a, he's, no, he, he's trying to hit 
well, he's trying to hit charming elements, like the relationship between him and Benedict Wong, him and Mary Elizabeth Winstead are trying to hit charming things, and they don't manage it. No. But he's also going for a dramatic relationship with his younger self, which I, which works better, I think. Well, I don't think it works at all. And I, I did think that um, his younger self, uh, I mean, it looked like a guppy. You know, it, it was obviously like, uh, to me, it was completely expressionless. Uh, or, you know, the, the, the kind of by-the-numbers expressions, you know, that you sometimes see in poor animated films, right, where you could see the movement of the eyes kind of trying to create an emotion. But it's all one note. Again, you know, there's nothing, you know, no contradictions between one feeling and another. You know, uh, it was like, I thought it was like terrible. I don't think that gives the the CGI Will Smith enough credit. I think it's a, I think I found it really really convincing. I mean, I thought even it, especially in a high frame rate, I thought that would expose it even more as I as fake. It did. I no, I I really I believed it. I thought it was well rendered, well lit. It fits into the scenes. You know that you know that uh, uh, Tim Burton film about the lady who painted those you know big eyes, big eyes. Yeah, is that the name of the film? That's well, I haven't seen it, but I think that's the one. Okay. Well, you know, CGI uh, a will is like a big eye no. painting. <laughs> it's no. like, everything is like this mechanical, soulful moving of the eye. <laughs> I, I disagree. I disagree. I think the I think the eyes is where the where. So stupid. No, I disagree. I think the eyes. I think the eyes are where the where the character is convincing because oh. that's what you're looking at, and that's and I get what you mean. There are a couple of close-ups where it's like the, the character is foregrounded and in focus and then you've got like old Will Smith or someone else or, or, or the Clive Owen character will be in the background out of focus talking to him and it's about Will Smith young Will Smith responding mm. and reacting and they do a lot with eyes kind of moving left to right him processing this information whether that's animated or whether that's taken from Will Smith's real performance you know being built upon whether it's built upon a real performance by Will Smith don't know but you know I, I thought I could see a certain a certain amount of kind of cogs turning in that. Like it's it is a slightly mechanical performance, but I don't think it's kind of mechanically put together. If that makes sense, it it feels still felt realistic and organic, and I well, believe I believed its place in the scene and all that kind of thing. Well, we have to disagree on that. I mean, uh, um, I think it's a really great creation. I was very skeptical of it because again, on the late show, we'll, you know, I, I I really disagree with you because. The film is lifeless. Well, yeah, well, I'm talking admit, about the rest of the film. You know, the film is terrible. Uh, and I think this is part of the problem with it. You know? no, I think this is one of the best things well, about it. I mean, a major part of this film has to be about the relationship of the, the Will Smith characters to each other. right? And if the film feels dead, it's because they haven't succeeded in achieving that. Well, obviously, I liked it more than you because I, I went in for their relationship. Here's the thing, right? At the start of the film, I was thinking, especially with the 60 frames per second look, I was thinking to myself, listen, I am not the kind of guy to decry technological gimmicks, even if, if, if they are gimmicks. You know, so I defended 3D long after other people were going, no, this is just rubbish. Mm. You know, and I did a dissertation on 3D because I liked it so much and I thought it was good and I thought it, was, it had artistic merit. And... Even with um, uh, what's it called? Um, I say even with 4DX, you know, 4DX is an absolute gimmick. 
Yes. And you and I both agree on that. But I also make the argument that it will make a shit film kind of entertaining, which is not the same as saying it's a useful tool, but I still defend it to that extent, you know, as a gimmick that I enjoy. In this, I started off thinking, okay, so there's 60 frames per second. I've seen it fail before in The Hobbit. I've seen a high frame rate fail before and I haven't liked it. And people talk very much about it being soap opera-like. And at the start of this, it's worse than that, to be fair. At the, at the start of this, it's more like a wedding video. Mm. You know, these kind of handheld shots. I think the worst thing about high frame rate is it really accentuates imperfections in a handheld shot. You mm. see more movement in the camera. Yes. And that makes things feel much more artificial. Whereas I think dollies, tripods, uh, uh, drone shots, that sort of thing, they can work very, very well, as this film shows. But the point is, at the start I was thinking, no, this is just this is another failure, and this is the reason why this will never catch on. By the end, I thought, actually, there is aesthetic merit to this, and this can work. I, I'm ambivalent about the look, right? Because, I mean, there were some things that you just think, this is what I hate most about digital. Right, because there was a, it was like too much clarity, yeah, um, too much clearness. Everything was like pin, you know, sharp, uh, and I didn't like that. On the other hand, I thought it was balanced by what I sometimes feel when looking at films in three D, that you're giving up a lot to get the three, yeah, because you know you put on the glasses and the luminosity of the image cuts down in at least half, right? So you're often seeing something like that's a bit gray or dark or yeah uh so i thought that the 3d worked you know quite well with you know this high frame rate so i thought that was a plus um there were moments that i thought who lit this or actually was there was no lighting mm. and then um you know you would have like little set pieces set pieces like the one in the church in hungary that you think, okay, this somebody's paying attention to the lighting and the look of it and so on. But actually, yeah, I mean, I, I very rarely think about these things. So, you know, the fact that it occurred to me, like, who's, who's lighting this? Like, it doesn't seem to be, you know, that was a problem as well. I found early on a lot of the lighting, it seemed to be a lot of natural light and they were shooting during the daytime. And I was thinking, it didn't make sense with the story because it would make sense for things to be happening later at night for some reason. And, and in combination with... The, the, the very um, conspicuously shaky camera um, or, or kind of moving camera, it did feel cheap. And I had the same kind of thought, but, and I thought it might be because they needed a huge amount of light to get the 3D and the frame rate to capture enough of the scene. Mm. But, when, but, but when the film did start to move into darker territory, when they went underground to the catacombs, that sort of thing, I thought, I thought it was a huge improvement and the film started was, to look really it was, good. It was, I agree with you there. Um, but, my God. There were shot selections early on that made me think this is someone who is scared of choosing a shot that will look bad and, they, and they've ended up choosing bad-looking shots. Like they've, I, It seemed to me like the film was afraid of its own technology. Like, if we, if we try and film it like a regular film, it just won't look right. And so well. it ended up with these very badly composed wide... Fr thing is, the, the, the wide angle works with 3D because it really emphasises depth mm. and it really helps things look solid. And the high frame rate accentuates that even further. And there are yeah. some shots of nature and, and kind of objects like, like the bonsai tree and actually that look beautiful. But they also they also look like uh, promo shots that you get in like when you go into Curry's and you look at the HD TVs yes. and they're showing you this is how cool it looks. They kind of look like that. They do. Um, but I think that the thing about the depth of field with the 3D, there were some shots that you think it's marvelous because you really got that, mm. you know, uh, and and they did look beautiful. 
But let's go back to the basics. You know, I was like completely shocked at the end of the film when the credits came up and it said directed by Ang Lee. You think, my God, really? I mean, there's a kind of logic to it because, you know, you could see how the Hulk and the life of Pi and this film, you know, have things in common. Um, but, you know, the film has no sense of humor. It has no sense of spacing, no, no sense of pacing at all. I thought uh, all of the action sequences seemed to be edited too slow. They lacked snap, right? And there was sometimes an effect that you could see was desired with it, and they just edited it 10 seconds too late or something, right? And, uh, to me, none of it worked on that level. I had problems with the editing in the action in some part because I think it was about shot selection more than timing. So when someone fires a gun and kills someone, or when, when something explodes, the shot that is cut to when that happens is very, very far away and wide angle and you see the entire scene and you don't get the feeling of intensity in the scene because of it. It was about shot selection for me. Oh, well, but I did like some. I did like a lot of the way the action was put together though, I, I with the exception of that. I think it, do, oh. it has, I, do, I think it does have snap. It does have a certain degree oh, of visual. Oh, I thought it was terrible. I mean, yeah. I thought the sequence where, you know, the younger or the cloned will and the old will fight and there's that one and it's in Cartagena in Colombia you know and there's the scene where they fight and he's on a motorbike and you know the other will's in the car and he's he's actually like doing the, almost like this jujitsu with the bike I thought my god that's such a great idea and it was it nothing worked in that scene it wasn't it's, good enough uh, you know you could see how it could have been marvelous but it wasn't you know, and you may be right, that might have something to do with with, with shot selection, where the camera was. Because mm. actually that might not even be shot selection. It might be a problem that he doesn't know where to put the camera for action. <laughs> that he might not have had other choices. Uh, so, but it definitely also has to do with the, with the, with the editing, mm. you know. And, and actually, sometimes you saw that the bike didn't get close to, to the character. So whereas if they would have cut it just like five, ten seconds before where you saw the bike approaching, yes, then you could have had the result of that. Whereas actually here you saw a miss, right? Or, yeah, a lack of contact. It was... Well, it's not, the bike's not supposed to hit him. He's supposed to be diving out the way of it, to be fair. No, but there was, a, there was a couple of shots where it actually was meant to have hit him. No. Yes. No. Yes. When? Yes. The whole point is he... No, the, the whole point is that there's, it's almost like a jujitsu sequence. So, you know, he's making him fall with, by hitting him with the bike. Yeah, he puts him down by hitting him with the bike. This is in front of the car. Yeah, I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah. I think the whole point of that, he keeps dodging the bike. Because then they go on to talk about, he knew the moves I was going to make before, before I made them. It's like we're the same person, the young one says. Well, I didn't read it that way. I read it as, you know, he was kind of fighting. The clone was fighting with Will through the bike. He was, but Will, but old Will kept evading it. But but not because there were you know there were moments where he hid him. Well, there just there were several moments where he hid him, I... and and took him out on the leg, brought him to the floor, and so on. Yeah, oh no, he, he swept him, he swept him, and he dived over it. But he didn't. He, I mean, he didn't smash him. You know, he no, kept, well the whole point he, got, he got him. He kept having to dive out the way and he evade. He made it. contact many times. He okay? just didn't. Well, he did. He didn't. Well, that's ridiculous. You know, we can look, we can look it up because you know. Well, we won't be able to uh, look that up. No one have written that down. No, but we can we can compare it to the film. You know, once it's downloadable or available from somewhere, because he definitely makes contact, and it's very badly done. Um, so 
I just disagree with you on that. I think there are element. I think there are things about that fight scene that are badly done. That's the first one in the film, and that's when I think the film is still sort of getting into the swing. What do you mean? That's the first one in the film. I think that's the first fight scene. That's the first. That's where. That's where um, young and old Bill first encounter each other. Yes. Um, that's what I mean. But and that's not the first fight scene, though. Uh, what fight scene is there before that? Um, there's a whole bunch of fight scenes where oh, well, they, so, they oh, no, invade, to... you know, no, the, no, that's the what... marina and blah blah blah. Well, that it, the 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 bike chase develops from um, young Will kind of stalking old Will through that that house, and then they get on the bikes and it's the first right. fight scene between old Will and young Will, but it's not the first fight scene in the film. What other fight scene is there? I don't remember. Anyway, that's not the point. It's early on in the film, is what I mean. Okay, I'm not. I, let's not get bogged down in first or not. It's early on in the film, and it's in that period of the film by, where by I was the, saying by the point that they get to Cartagena, uh, Will has shot a man on a train. Yeah, he's gone home. Too. There's been people who's been set out to kill him. Yes. Uh, you know, I forgot that. There's one. the whole fight. There's the whole scene in the marina itself where they have to kill everybody and escape on the boat. Uh, there's the scene with the girl. And the guy in the office where she's trying to get the keys. It's quite a lot that's, of fight yeah, scenes. That's, well, that's one big scene where they're escaping. But I take your point. I've forgotten that they had to escape to Cartagena first. Thank you. Just um, like you've forgotten about that. No, movie that's movie not movie. true. I, <laughs> I swear to God it's not true because it's not the point of that fight. Anyway, but the point that I'm getting to is that this is early on in the film, this, this, this bike uh, fight. Um, and this is where I think the film is still kind of... It's weird to think of the film developing its aesthetic as it goes on because that's not how you make a film. You know, you don't make a film from beginning to end. So you'd feel like it, it's weird to think of the film growing into its aesthetic, but it does seem to. It seems to get used to its, its aesthetic as it moves along. So you have this very brash lighting, these very wide shots, and and not very good editing. I don't think for the same reason as you do, but I, I don't think that the editing is good. I agree with you on that. And it is, and it does feel very cheap at this point. I mean, if, to me, it reminded me of that Tom Cruise. Cameron Diaz film Night and Day which was just like like it's like saying can I have two hours of a fight movie please you know what I was thinking because I love um, this type of film mm. right so I love action films even when they're not like fantastic right my view on is how, how far wrong can you go right because they've got a big budget so you know the technical specs will be fantastic and then they have gorgeous locations in this case Hungary and you know Bolivia and so on Budapest, yeah, Budapest looks beautiful right you have stars you know and like kind of the the action sequences are like you know musical numbers in a musical like you know they're better and worse but you know it's very rare that they're awful right you know, and actually, this is a film where that kind of thinking didn't get me anywhere at all because mm. you know it was awful. All right, um, <laughs> no, no, it's it's definitely not great. And even though there were things I liked about some of the action scenes, they don't stand up to anything else really. Into mm. uh, they they don't, and I don't think Ang Lee is an action director at all. No, he's not. He's not. I mean, you know, uh, this has history. been demonstrated. So, and this is part of the problem with the film because he's not an action director, and he's not a comedy director, and actually. You know, if you agree with that, then what the fuck is he providing Will Smith <laughs> Yeah, with? what's he doing a comedy action film for? Well, and also particularly Will Smith, because, you know, what Will, Will Smith is known for is, you know, comedy and action, mm. right? That's the things he brings to a film with his charm. And this is like, you know, completely leaden throughout. And drama, triple threat. He tries to bring the drama too. He tries to bring his pursuit of happiness, cry face, Ugh. you know. Um, I think that is the most successful thing that the film does do. 
Oh, um, what's that? The, the, the drama aspect. Ugh. Well, I don't, I don't... Hey, look, look. You don't have to agree that it's good to agree that it's the best thing it does. You can think the whole well, thing is shit. That's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's, a, that, that's a perspective I might go for. <laughs> so, after, after the film, I said in the cinema and wrote down a number of notes because I was thinking of... And we've talked about one or two things I, I wrote about already. The idea of, you know, thinking at the start this is a gimmick and then at the end thinking, no, I, I think there's more to this. You know, I like some of the clarity. I like, I like some of the like, like when um, when they set uh, the 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 final attacker on fire mm. in the sort of warehouse place they are, the shop or whatever, and then you see he kind of stands up and it's like it's like the 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 the, uh, the team one thousand in Terminator two kind of walking out the flames or something. It's in slow motion and the flames are licking around him and that it looks beautiful. My favorite sequence in the film. Was that one and and sorry the one just before that where he seems to fly onto the buildings? Yeah, yes. Right. There's like free running up the building. Yeah, which is a little bit like um, Bourne films. Well, I was thinking more. What were the Chinese films? Oh, um, um, Crash Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yes, that was angry, wasn't it? I think so. We'll double check that actually, yeah. because it's been a while. Um, I think that was angry. You know, and those moments where yeah, they begin to like not quite fly on the roofs, but almost like. Fly walk or whatever they, they glide over them. Yeah, I thought. Yes, Angley, it was. Yeah. yeah, so you see, I thought that was wonderful. Yes, I agree. Um, and yeah. there is, and I think it, the film, the fluidity that the high frame rates adds, is a real contributor to that. So, mm. so the scene, although it's in slow motion, when he stands up and he's enshrouded in flame, engulfed in flame, yes. the smoothness of the flames leaking around him would not be the same in regular 24 frames per second and I don't think it would look as good. Mm. And and here's the thing, right? I said before um, that you know, people talk about the high frame rate being televisual because they're used to the high frame rates on, mm. on TV and soap operas and things. And it does not look like a soap. It looks like a film, but not like a film that you sort of... I mean, it's, it's kind of talking around it in a way and I feel kind of periphrastic, but... It, it doesn't look like a film you've seen before in some ways, and in some ways it should try harder to. I think it would if it if it adopted kind of more conventional, longer lensed shots for uh, close-ups. I think it would look better at times. Mm. Although I do think that wide-angle look for other shots really works. Um, so, but it's 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 not. I mean, it's not TV, and I don't think it, you could compare it to a soap opera. I think you'd have to be uncharitable to do so to say no. it has that look. But the look is weird. You know, because, mm. um, I mean, there were moments that actually did remind me of TV. Yeah. Yeah, just just that pinpoint clarity of, you know, some of the early mm. sequences shot in daylight. Um, I agree. And it returns to that right at the very end when they yeah. all meet up on that campus and it goes back to that wedding wedding video look. Yeah. I, think, I think that's rubbish. Yeah, but I'd be happy to see, I'd be happy to see this frame rate used again particularly in conjunction with 3D. I think it works really well with 3D. I agree. You know, but this this is one of many elements that is meant to be a vehicle for this narrative. Can and I say one more thing about the high frame rates? Uh, one more thing that occurred to me, which I think is, it's an interesting little nuance, which is the film starts off with very little movement, although mm. there's a train moving and you really notice it. Mm. The film starts off with this scene of people being still on a train. Mm. Will Smith is uh, lying on his belly with a sniper rifle waiting for the train to come past so he can assassinate someone on it. And so the, the, the early action scene, if it was like, or the early scene that starts you off, is composed of a lot of very still close-ups. 
And I think that works really well because you know it's a high frame and you notice it. It's not like mm. you think it's not. You know, I thought but, that but, whole but, thing was dull. Well, but I think it's a good way of adjusting to the way the film's going to look. And, it, and because there's because there's one moment in it when Will Smith moves his head, mm. and you really notice that because it's such a big movement and it happens so smoothly, it does look weird at that point. So I think there is a period of adjustment, and when things are still, they look good, and when things are moving a lot in the action scenes, I think you get used to them looking good. There's yeah, an in between though that that you know, is, is shonky. I just think you're focusing on the look, whereas if you compare, you know, some of the, the I mean, that scene, you know, with. Um, you know some of the scenes I give. I'm kind of um, now getting the the uh, Bert Miantov, the Russian director. Oh, uh, 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 Timur Bekmanitov. I forget his name. Yeah, Bekmanitov. One you like? That's right. Um, you know, kind of those are like so thrilling, really. Uh, or even in a kind of a cheaper action film like The Tourist, which also has a moving train and so on. I mean. You know, it's all kind of much more exciting than what we see at the beginning of this film, really. Well, yes, so, so that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about no, how exciting it is. I know you're not talking about that, but, but, that's, but I think it, that in. But it, devo- it requires devotion. And I think I, and I think I would love to see Timur Beckman, Bechtel, or whatever his name, <laughs> I forget his surname. I mean, you know, I'd love to see him, or just a real action director, yes. given access to this technology, because I think it absolutely can benefit. I think this film, with its awful action direction still demonstrates that this high frame rate technology can really add something to action. Okay, we can agree on that. So, But, you know, kind of, um, A, it's still problematic, and B, it doesn't, you know, the high frame technology is only kind of, well, it's the re- to be honest, it's the reason why we went to see the film. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm glad we've talked about it as long as we have. But that still leaves this leaden kind of, you know, dead weight of a film <laughs> it is I think the worst thing about the film is its script mm. um, I mean this is a film that has been in, in kind of development hell for 20 years yes, I think 1997 <laughs> so, and, and the reason the reason it never got made until now was, was technological people mm. said the technology is not there to do this and they were right you know, it never has been before. I do think it works here. The that is to say, the CGI technology, not the high frame rate technology. I don't, I don't agree with you. I know you don't agree with me, but I I think the young Will Smith in this looks really convincing. Well, I think you know he looks he looks kind of convincing, except he's dead. <laughs> so you know the look is fine. Well, that's what it's I mean. Not the conveying look. any emotion. If if the and actually, I don't think it's just because of the screenplay. I think there's something about the technology. You know, you can't replace human actors with like, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, that kind of technology. Did you like Benjamin Button? Did you think that was a convincing? You know, I, I I must say I haven't seen Benjamin. Oh, Button you never saw yet, Benjamin so Button? Oh, fair enough. You know, Benjamin Button was ten years ago, and that was a completely CGI head when he's a very old man. And it but looked were the like, eyes the actors or were they no? Still? They it was complete. They had they had um, from what I understand they had one guy whose entire job was to develop the eyes okay. because the eyes are the window on the soul. Well, know? I can't comment on that, but sure. you know, my experience of this was that well, actually, to be honest, all three wills were terrible, right? I mean, I in this, uh, uh, but in in order of awfulness, <laughs> there was the real Will Smith. The clone that you first see, and then the final clone that is brought in at the end, you know, who did look like, you know, Bambi, 
you know, <laughs> with those glossy eyes, you know, I mean, it was, ugh. anyway, and I hated, I hated, I hated this song. The homily at the end when they go to the university and which seemed never ending. Mm. And you think this is just like a Will Smith cheap understanding of life. You know, it's all positivity, rosy, you know, a few homilies, right? And like it never ends. And it's all about, you know, so smug and superior and ugh. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will say for the film is that because <laughs> we were chatting a little bit through it because this isn't a very good film and so and we weren't distracting other people I don't think but we were quietly having a comment to each other about what was going on and there's one point in the middle of the film where um, having kind of having made young Will's acquaintance and kind of got him on side because he's, mm. he's only just found out he's a clone um, he wants to learn about you know who old Will is and where he comes mm. from that sort of thing and, and there's this thing about who who Old Will's mother was, and he talked. She worked two jobs. Ugh. Yeah, so you went. Ugh. So so you went ugh, as you want to do, and um, and you know what it made me think was <laughs> it made me think how wonderful that this film exists because it's I think it's going to really foster a new era of openness between us in, t- <laughs> <laughs> in terms of the way we react to things because because it allowed us I think to talk to kind of talk about those really rubbish tropes because I leant over to you and said. I don't know why you come into these films expecting them not to do this. Yes, it's true because it was like one cliche after another after another. And I, I suppose I really hate them because I, I find them so ideological. Okay. Right? It's like, you know, it's like when you have massively successful people like Will Smith, you know, going on to Oprah and talking about how they overcame their problems and, you know, and how therapy helped them find the real self. And really... You know, they shouldn't have focused so much on their career, but instead of, like, home and marriage and children, which actually he practically literally says. Right? Does he? Yes, he does. He says that, you know, to the, his younger self. Oh, I thought you meant, like, in some interview you've seen. No, well, I have also seen interviews <laughs> where Will Smith talks about the wonder of all of those things, but, you know, you literally get that here, and yeah. it does feel like, you know, a, 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 a Will Smith homily, like, has spoken to Oprah or something, it is just like a, um, an offensive view of, you know, of, of American culture and the place of people in it and actually the very privileged place that they occupy within that. I just hate it. Yeah, I mean, right at the end of this film, you have old Will um, having vaguely adopted young Will as a kind of surrogate son. And um, and young Will has gone off to university, or is going off to university at the time, and so they meet up on campus. Mary Elizabeth Winstead says, "Well, having got her doctorate, I think in marine biology, or whatever it is." Um, and so they become this 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 little family at the end, and there is this play between young and old Will of a father son thing that the film is very consciously doing, and they and the characters are doing it in a joking way as mm-hmm. well. You know, they're aware of it, um, but you are kind of going, "Yeah, like he's he's able to." He's able to pay for college. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like he can. He like young Will isn't having to work two jobs now. Yes. You know, and work his way through life. Ugh. He can go to college. I don't know. Um, there is an interesting thing I, I thought of. The, the film, um, the film asks or raises a, a metatextual question of image rights. I think because so we've talked before a little bit about how in Rogue One, the Star Wars film. Uh, Peter Cushing's image was yeah. used, and it was, and it wasn't just, it wasn't like in that Sky Captain World of Tomorrow where they used old footage of Lance Olivier. Mm. They actually cr- created a digital Peter Cushing after mm. his death, 
um, and then had it played by an actor and mm. given new lines and a part to play in the film. And there was... I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, we've definitely talked about it at dinner once. <laughs> and um, and there was this whole issue around that of of really who has the right to do that. I guess his estate has the right to his to his likeness. Well, I should hope so. Um, and they've obviously agreed that this is okay, but the actor has not had a say in this. And in this, the... Yeah, there's obviously this thing about creating this digital Will Smith mm. of a, of a, of the Fresh Prince era, and it's also in the text, right? So the film is about Will Smith's character having been cloned against his knowledge, and then it kind of being used against him, and also the idea of this young Will Smith in Clive Owen's view, the guy who runs mm. the the project. Young Will Smith is meant to replace old Will Smith, and he will only have done so when he kills old Will mm. Smith. So the film, you know, I think it does. I mean, I don't know, I suppose, what it's saying about that because ultimately they make friends. So is it saying this is okay? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, so I think, you know, the, yeah, there's an interesting thing, I suppose, there. Uh, but this is not the film through which to explore it because I do think it's of the utmost banality. And, and I also think that what studios or filmmakers would most like is you know to to vanish actors right because you know kind of actors are a problem they're unreliable they're you know over emotional and uh, you know blow tantrums and whatever they're yeah. sensitive which is what makes them actors you know which is what makes them great actors is to be sensitive to things you know so i think what studios would like nothing better than to just get rid of all of them right and in a way i was really glad to see the extent to which this fails in this movie you know, because, of course, actors are also what brings life and excitement and layers and dy- dynamism, life, you know. And I think, for me, part of the reason why this film feels dead throughout is, you know, because of that. You know, because of the the CGI figures and also because there being CGI figures means that all the interplay with the real uh, actors and them is also, in fact, leaden and dead. So hurrah for actors. Well, I agree, hurrah for <laughs> actors. Um, but like I said, I did, I did find, um, I did find pleasures and uh, in the um, in the CGI Will Smith here. I thought it worked. Okay, well, I'm glad despite all you. sorts of things. And so, you know, that if anything, for me, it's more of a worry because of them wanting to get rid of actors and everything. Well, you know, like I said, this isn't a, this isn't a Peter Cushing level where they're where they're stealing a performance or where stealing a likeness. But uh, it, it it kind of it, it is tricky and. You know, it's it's hardly unaware, I think, that it that this question exists. But then, well, I don't know if it is aware of it. It gives it a really weird answer in saying we can all be friends. <laughs> we well, can be friends with our digital likenesses that the companies own. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Although mean, I suppose they do, they do kill the company at the end. Listen, you know, to me, this is an advertisement for how those things don't work. You know, because again, you know, the film is dead. Uh, Throughout, I mean... You should uh, definitely look at Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button... I, I also think, and I wanted to say this, that Ang Lee, who should know better, shows no respect for actors in this movie at all. You know, because I was thinking when the Hungarian guy, yeah, the Hungarian, yes. when he comes in, you think, that would have been a moment to bring in some brilliant old star of yesterday, you know, someone with charisma and authority and who could lift this whole moment. And instead, you know, some unknown appears, you know, 
who wasn't very good, no. you know. I don't know who he is. Uh, but, you know, I think that there's that lack of sensitivity to actually to what actors can bring and also to what stars can bring. I think what he does with Will Smith here, whom I love and who I really do think is one of the most charismatic people on the planet, is criminal. The actor's name, he's from Ukraine and he's called uh, Ilya Volok. Yeah, Ilya well, Volok, he's a Soviet-born... Well, and, you know, um, he's if he would have <laughs> cast him... If he would have cast somebody like John Voight in that part, instant lift, you know. I suppose, yeah. With a nice stereotypical accent. Or John Malkovich in that... Was that film where John Malkovich played a Russian? He was just hideously awful. Well, you know, you don't choose somebody hideously awful, you choose somebody better. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's weird to think of Ang Lee not being a good action director because having just rediscovered that he directed Crash Like a Hidden Dragon, yes. like he's got... Well, that's, a really, a very, that's a very particular type of action. Though. It is. But he does still have a great film in in his sort of back catalogue. Yeah, of that, you know, it's a great film. So uh, it's two because I think he also did a sequel, didn't he, or a kind of a sequel? There was um, one. I'll find out if he did it. Um, and those films are absolutely visually stunning as well. Um, I'm just having a look at his filmography to find out. Uh, no, he didn't do the sequel. If there was one, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then there's what? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, the sequel was called Sword of Destiny. It was directed by Yuan Wu Ping, who was no, the. No, that's not what I have in mind. Who was the choreographer of the first film? Uh, uh, do you mean other films that that the film Ang Lee directed? Had a different title, yes. Do you remember um, like who was in it? Or? Yes, is it Jet Li? Oh, Hero. Hero. Yes. Yeah, that's not that's not Ang Lee. That was um, Zhang Yimou. Oh yes, obviously. Yeah, I love Zhang Yimou. Um, Okay, well that makes sense. Yeah, nine, but um, so yeah, look, there were things I like about this, and I and if you are going to see it, the way to see it is in high frame rate three D plus. Yeah, you know ha- that we I say that having not seen it in twenty four frames per second, but I know it's not as good in twenty four frames per second. I just know it. The only reason to see this film is to experience that high frame rate in three yeah. D. And if you were really turned off by the high frame rate when you saw the Hobbit, as as we both were, this, this is completely different. This gives high frame makes more of a reason to exist and I think it's you know I think I thought The Hobbit was like a death knell for high frame makes I thought they're just going to force this on us you know Peter Jackson continues to want to do all that and um, but this to me demonstrates there is there is actual aesthetic value in this even if it takes a while to to get there even if it takes a while to get used to all that kind of thing it enhances this film and I think it's good. And it doesn't enhance it in a 4DX way where it's like, oh, well, at least it's giving you a roller coaster ride. It makes it look and feel better. It's still a crap film, though. Yeah, it's not a good film. <laughs> so um, thank you very much for listening. We're eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Uh, on social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Mm. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much. <laughs>